This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get back into it. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville with Rocco Rossi, Alyssa Freeman, and David Sparrow. He's the gift that keeps on giving. Our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, every day it seems now we've got something, you know, in the hopper dealing with quotes, uh, either famous or infamous or uh, whatever. But And we know the story of his tweeting Trevor Noah, the uh, host of The Daily Show, uh, who was also hosting a fundraiser in South Africa, pledging $50 million to this global initiative to educate girls in war-torn areas and uh, refugee camps and all that. And, uh, hey, does that work for you? Let's do it. That kind of stuff, you know, too hip for the room. But that's not all. Then dial it back to Argentina and the recently completed G20 conference there, uh, where he was addressing a symposium on gender parity, and uh, he had this to say. You might say, what does a gender lens have to do with building this new highway or this new pipeline? Well, there are impacts when you bring construction workers into a rural area. There are social impacts because they're mostly male construction workers. How are you adjusting or adapting to those impacts? I'm not even sure what this means. Alyssa, can you help me out here? Where's he going with this? I, I, I'm, I'm even afraid to say it, John. I mean, obviously, when you put a bunch of men in a rural you know, setting havoc may wreak. I mean, I'm not sure what he meant, but it sounds like somebody, he was having a conversation and this made a lot of sense to him before he went on to, to, to give this address. And then he decides, okay, well, I'm just going to throw it in there. And honest to Honest to goodness, that's what I think happened, John. He just made it up on the fly. He 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 took some sort of conversational tidbit and decided and decided that it provided some qualification for one he said before, and uh, I you know I really can't make. I mean, P- Twitter went crazy over it. I know that Toronto Sun had a. Uh, uh, well, fairly, this is yeah. it. The, the bottom line is he's uh, being criticized for being insensitive to male construction workers in rural areas. Fairly or not, David Sparrow? It, it sounds uh, unfair uh, to me. It's a silly false equivalency that he's uh, drawn. Unless he just meant that men are heavier, so their impact on the local infrastructure <laughs> oh. would be larger than, than lighter people. I think that's um, what he meant. It might have been what he meant. But but actually, I think Alyssa's hit on it is that it's, I, I wasn't there, but someone has said, oh, this happened, um, and it was because of this uh, construction worker, and then he used a wide brush to paint them all with the same uh, story, and that's uh, not a good thing to do. All right, so uh, is he being fairly criticized for having perhaps projected negatively upon male construction workers in rural areas, Rocco? Uh, look, at as, as someone who grew up in a family with lots of members of that family who were construction workers, I was taught at an early age that if you're in a hole not of your own making or of your own making that was not intended, throw away the shovel. And that would be my advice. Don't, don't go any deeper because the, the, that way madness lies. Okay. Uh, in other words, there's a consensus here around the table that uh, the guy might have, uh, you know, engaged his lips before his brain but you know uh jump the baby shark but okay you, but you know what the other thing too is that we're going to see a lot of this now because we are in a run-up to a federal election so a lot of these things you know i think there are people just looking you know from the opposition just looking for things to jump on via social media platforms so it's pretty low-hanging fruit this one i would have to say but right now everything is game and when you say as much as the prime minister or other politicians have to say in these days of social media where everything's 
recorded and people are taking video and pictures. Um, it's it's very challenging to always be on point and to never stray off of your speaking notes. And you're caught and you're trying to say something that will be meaningful and important. And suddenly you're saying something that everybody's upset about. And that's a, that's a super challenge. And we certainly see it played out in the Oval Office down south. That, well, not just um, you should be hiring no a great script writer. He's just what you're saying. Absolutely. No, to your point, David, and it's well taken. Okay, in the Oval Office, uh, he gets pilloried on a minute-by-minute basis. Absolutely. But he's not the first. I mean, it was George Bush. There was, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan as well. It depends who uh, carries the most clout in the opposition. And when you've got media running interference for you, a lot of times you get a pass. It looks like the boy Wonder was getting that up until recently, And, you know, as you're suggesting, this is an election year, Alyssa. I'm wondering as well, with more serious considerations, and I'll work this into the equation. Look what's happening with Paris and the riots that have ensued there. Uh, And that's really principally because the middle class is feeling squeezed. With carbon taxes, the price of fuel has gone through the roof. How does that portend for Canada going forward? Because this guy's promising to ram the same stuff down our way. Are we just a different lot than the French who are maybe a little more passionate and uh, tend to burn vehicles out there by the Arc de Triomphe? Do we have anything that would even come close to that, Rocco? Well, there's certainly a long uh, tradition of protest in the streets in in, in Paris. And uh, and for anyone who's spent any time in uh, Europe recently, their, their gas prices have long been significantly higher, even before carbon taxes, than those. So you can understand the pain that those people are feeling and the unaffordability of, of life. It's not just that but that is clearly a trigger on top of a whole bunch of other reforms that the government was trying to uh, to jam through and it should be looked at by all governments to understand how much further you can push people well and this is the thing i mean as i understand it macron had intimated that uh, the gas tax would have to go to like 14 dollars on a gallon 14 bucks within a few years that's unconscionable how do people live uh and so this is why i'm wondering you know, Justin Trudeau, is there going to be any galvanized response to this? Because uh, he's planning to, and by the way, it's taken before the courts now here in Ontario, and uh, we're anticipating certainly Alberta, Saskatchewan's and already on board. Uh, could this be something that, you know, if people take their cues from Paris, now it's not going to end in violence. I don't think we Canadians are a, a different stripe, but... Uh, do you sense that maybe folks have had it up to here? And I'm holding my hand now very high above my lip, David Sparrow. It's right up at your nose there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of smelly how, how inaffordable things have become. I get it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see uh, uh, political uh, attitudes on both ends of the spectrum kind of converge when things come to uh, inaffordability. One group will be asking for taxes to be lowered. Another group will be asking for prices to be um, lowered. And In France, it's the right and the left yes. who have actually coalesced against this yeah. This this is exactly true, and and in France they certainly have a history of taking to the streets as a political action, and uh, and they're very good at it. Here I think we'd be, you know, apologizing and saying excuse me as we say I'm really not happy about the gas prices <laughs> being raised. But that said, it's always been surprising to me that over in Europe they're they're already paying seven, eight, ten dollars a gallon for gas. We're we're still down a I can't do the liters to gallon uh, exchange very quickly, but we're probably about at about four, four bucks. bucks or something. Yeah. 
And and so there's probably some room for our gas prices to be adjusted in a way that will better support the infrastructure and other needs that we have and the environmental issues that that uh, we have as a, a country. I'm not saying we'll You're be saying, happy about paying oh, more. But oh, okay. I was wondering where you were fun. going with well, this. I'm, I'm not saying we'll be happy. I'm right. saying there there are flexibilities in there. Costs continue to rise. And you know and Canadians will take it with uh, maybe bite our uh, lip and still uh, roll over like poodles. Rather than have bridges collapse, perhaps right. we will. Oh, I see. That's the trade-off. What's interesting here, though, is and I think the point that you bring up, that the right and the left have coalesced, I think that this is sort of the revolt of the middle class. And while I don't see Canadians, you know, marching in the streets, Trudeau's whole initial platform to get elected was, you know, sunnier days and I'm going to help the middle class. And I think that the middle class doesn't feel uh, helped very much. And it, I, th- I think that we can sort of look into the future. And if I think if there's one narrative that we'll take will be the, the bee in Trudeau's bonnet from the opposition is... You said you were going to help the middle class, and here's how you have not. And I think that that is a very, very powerful anti-Trudeau narrative that, if it's worked out appropriately, um, could serve to be a bit of a death and, knell. And look, at it, it's a whole lot easier to um, talk about sunny ways when the economy is going in the right direction, but we're beginning to see all kinds of signs around the world uh, of great difficulty and things going, uh, going sideways. And those things then go sideways very quickly. Uh, and you have to prepare for them. And we've been, we've been going into, into debt and deficit financing, even in an expansive period of the economy. That's when you're supposed to be keeping your powder dry and you're supposed to be paying down debt so that you have flexibility when the hard times come. And it looks like they may be coming. All right. Uh, well, I know what's Winter coming. Winter is ne- coming. <laughs> I, I, I've just heard that. Yeah. <laughs> just very the clever, way, David. The way you said that. I mean, yeah, it sounded ominous. That's good. Acting. Uh, let's come back in a moment with the lead from... Thespian. Uh, yeah. Which Game of Thrones character is he? <laughs> the, he's the president of Actor. That's David Sparrow, Alyssa Freeman, who's a PR and pop culture media expert, and Rocco Rossi, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. We'll talk about first responders next on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.